Baba Kamadav Kofiotet, the last thing we're discussing was one is not allowed to buy items that might have been stolen, or even if you suspect them of being stolen, for example, buying wool, milk, or goats from a shepherd, buying fruits and wood from a fruit watchman, unless you know for a fact that they weren't stolen, or you don't even have to worry that it was stolen, for example, uh, the person selling a large amount that that would be easy to detect that if it, that if uh, the pers- uh, the shepherd stole it. And with that, we're going to start, second line in by the two dots, where it says, one is not allowed to buy fruits or wood from a fruit watchman, because it could be stolen. And the grass says a story, Rav Zavin Shebishta Me'arisa. Rav bought the grapevines from an Aris from a sharecropper. And Amar Le'abayev Hatnan Velo Mishomre Perot Haitzim Ferot. But didn't we learn in Amishnah that you're not allowed to buy wood and fruits from those who watch fruits? So how'd you buy from them? Amar Hanemi Le Beshomer. So Rav explained that's from a watchman. Delet Le Begufa Dar'amid. He doesn't own anything of the actual land. So he's for sure stealing. But the sharecropper, he has a part of the uh, of what comes out over here, part of the, the, the fruit, part of the, the trees, part of the land. So maybe he's selling from his part. One is allowed to buy from a fruit watchman when he's sitting and selling the hasalin fnein, the baskets with the fruits are in front of them, and the scales are in front of them, meaning it's public, it's known that he's selling, meaning he's not trying to hide anything. In all these cases, if the person said, hide the sale, don't tell anyone about it, then you're not allowed to buy from them. You're allowed to buy from them from the front of the yard, but not from the back. Meaning, if it's a hidden place, you're not allowed to buy from them, it's probably stolen. It was said, Listen, if someone is a known thief, at what point are you allowed to buy from him? And you don't have to worry that it's uh, stolen uh, products. So, Rav Amar, Rav holds, you're not allowed to buy from him until you know the majority of what he has belongs to him. So, we go after the majority and he's probably selling something that's not stolen. Even if a minority of what he has is actually his and he got he got it uh, in a legal way, then you're allowed to buy from him. And, Rav Yehuda, Gave halachat Adalayala. That's his name. He was the servant of Hachamim. Like Shmuel, who said, even if the minority belongs to him, you're allowed to buy from him. Mamon Masur, the money of someone who tells thieves about people's money and it gets stolen. So we know he's not a good guy. So his assets, Rav Huna Rav Yuda. They had a machloket hadamar. One of the rabbis said, "Mutala bedo bayad." You're allowed to actually take his assets and uh, damage it, get rid of it, ruin it. The hadamar asula bedo bayad. Another one said, "You can't actually do that with your hands. You can't destroy things." Man damar mutala bedo bayad lo yehem amono hamur migufo. The one who allows you to destroy his assets because his body shouldn't be any different than his money. Meaning, the same way you're allowed to get rid of him, you're allowed to hurt him. You're also allowed to hurt his money. And the one who says you're not allowed to damage his assets because could be he has good children. We know uh, what the what the pasuk says that a shah prepares and the tzaddik gets to wear it. So sometimes uh, the father who's bad prepares it, and the children who are tzaddikim get to use it.
And the Gemara says the story of Hasda Avalea, who are of Hasda, had this sharecropper, the Habatakil Vehiv Takil Veshakil. He would weigh and give, weigh and take, meaning this person was very, very exact with the way he uh, gave things. He never let go of anything. He was just, you know, exact, exact, exact. So, uh, Salke, Rav Hasta got rid of him in Karan of Shen, Rav Hasta said about himself, Vitzafuna Tzadik Hail Hidden for the Tzadik is, this, is the treasure of the sinner. The idea, according to Rashi, was either he would take half when really he should be taking a third, or, or like according to Rashi, he was splitting it in a way where Rav Hasda was not okay with it. Basically, it was uh, it, it was split in a way where Rav Hasda was not happy, so it was like stealing, and that's why he got rid of him. When a person steals, what's he going to get out of? What's he going to gain out of it? Hashem is going to take away his nefesh. Rav Hunav had a machloket hadaman nafshod in exile. When when the pasuk says that Hashem is going to take his nefesh, it, it's talking about the nefesh of the person who it was stolen from. The hadaman nafshod shel gazlan, and the other one says the soul of the thief. According to the rabbi who says, we're talking about the soul of the one who was stolen from. When someone steals from someone, it's as if he stole his nefesh. And that's exactly what's going on. It's Hashem's taking away his nefesh because this person stole from him. According to one who says that Hashem is going to take away the nefesh of the thief. Don't steal from poor people. Don't uh, depress poor people because Hashem is going to fight from them and He's going to steal their uh, nefesh. He's going to get back at you. Okay, according to the rabbi who says we're talking about the thief, Haketiv, Nefesh Be'alavikah. But you have a pasuk that says that He's taking the nefesh of the owner when He steals from him. So my ba'al, so that he'll answer, my ba'alav was ba'alav, ba'alav, the hashtag, the owner of right now, meaning the thief, Hashem's going to take away the thief's uh, uh, nefesh. V'idach nami, okay, and according to one who says we're talking about the one who was stolen from, haketi v'kabat kov'ahim nefesh, it says Hashem is going to steal their nefesh. So he'll tell you, ma tam kamar, the pasuk is just explaining, ma tam v'kabat kov'ahim mishum v'kabat nefesh. What's the reason Hashem is going to steal from those who stole? Because it's as if they stole from the nefesh of the person they stole from. And I'm out of Yohanan, if anyone steals from his friend, even a shave pruta, even something that's worth a pruta, as if you took away his neshamash neemar, ken or hot kol that's the way of a thief. He takes away the nefesh of, his, of the person who owns that item. He ate your crop, your bread. It's as if it's as if they ate your children. Because now they have nothing to, to, to eat. From the theft of the people of Yehuda, it's as if they killed people in their land. Ve'omer, same idea, El Shaul ve'el bet adamim, ad asher hemit et ha'giv'onim. On Shaul, and that, that he killed all the giv'onim. He didn't really kill them, he just didn't give them food. My ve'omer, why do you need the extra psukim? To tell you, ve'chitema, 
if you want to say that that pasuk anyone who steals he's is sticking with a nefesh nefesh dide aval nefesh you're only taking the person who you stole from you're taking his nefesh but his children tashema you have then you have the the second pasuk basar banav ubnotav you're also eating the the, the flesh of his children maybe that's only when the thief didn't pay for it but if he did pay meaning he took it by force and paid maybe it's not as if he took away his neshama tashema mehamas bin yehuda you have the hamas of bin yehuda sheshachudam naki ba'atzam they spilled clean blood in their land and hamas is someone who takes something by force but pays it. So you, you, you took away his, his, his dignity. Now, now, let's say you want to say that's only when you did it with your own hands. But if you indirect caused it, maybe that's not a problem. Ah, that's why Rabbi Han brought down the Pasuk with Shaul, Tashem al Shaul, the Velvet, the Mim, Al Asher, Hemit, the Tagivonim. He killed the Givonim. Now, where do you see that Shaul killed the Givonim? Ela, Mitoch, Shaharag, Nov, Ira, Kohanim, because. He killed Nov Ira Kohanim. That was a city of Kohanim. He killed all the Kohanim there. Shehayum speaking lahem ma'im umazon, and it was the Givonim's job to get these uh, Kohanim food and water. And now you, you just cut off our entire parnasa. The pasuk says about it's as if he killed them. Next, we saw in the Mishnah, we buy from women uh, wool clothing in Yehuda, linen clothing in the Galil. We're allowed to buy wool clothing from Yehuda from women and linen clothing in the Galil because they work with this. But you're not allowed to buy wine, oil, flour because men do that, women don't. And again, you can't buy wine, oil, flour from slaves or children. Abbas Shaul says a woman is allowed to sell wine, oil, flour for four or five dinar in order to, to buy a, a head covering for her head. Asur, and in all these cases, if the seller says hide it, don't tell anyone about the sale, you're not allowed to buy it because it's probably stolen. Collectors can take something small from women, slaves, children, but not a lot of money, nothing substantial. Those who make oil, you're allowed to buy from them a lot of oil, a lot of olives, but not a little bit of olives, a little bit of oil, because something small is probably stolen, something substantial is not. One is allowed to buy olives on Holamoid during the holiday, even if it's a little bit in the upper Galil where it's expensive, and there and the husbands are makpidan even something so small. Sometimes a person is embarrassed to sell something so minute by the door of his house. A guy likes to make big sales, not small sales, so he tells his wife to go sell it for him. 
And the Meiri explains that same idea goes for anything that a man would be embarrassed to sell. And if his wife is selling it, then you're allowed to buy it. Rabbi Na, the Gemara says a story. He was a Gabbai Tzedakah. He would collect Tzedakah. He went to a place called Bimachoza. So the, the woman of Bimachoza came to him and they brought these golden chains and bracelets for Tzedakah. And Kabil Minayun accepted it. Didn't we say that tzedakah collectors can take something small but not something substantial? These, uh, the, oh, these golden chains and bracelets for the women of Ben of Benimahuza, which were rich, it's considered something small and you were allowed to take from them. Next Mishnah, small pieces of wool that the launderer uh, takes out. They're small, tiny pieces that he can keep them. The owner doesn't care. And whatever the comber takes out, there's a lot of thread. There's a lot of pieces of wool over there. That belongs to the original owner. The launderer can take the three strings that are at the end of the cloth. It's his. Yatermiken, but if it's more than three strings, Hare Elushel Balabite belongs to the owner. And if it was black on white, that means the the black strings make the white look bad, then no tell it takol vehen shelo, you can take everything that belonged to him. If a, if a tailor left a string, but long enough that he could use to continue sewing, or he left a patch of cloth, which is about three finger breadths by three finger breadths, that belongs to the original owner. When a carpenter, when he uh, shaves wood or he cuts wood with... Uh, an adze, an A-D-Z-E. It looks like an axe, but it's flat. Uh, whatever whatever uh, comes out, whatever wood comes out, splinters of wood, he can keep. But with a regular axe, then the, the pieces of wood belong to the, to the owner. Now, if he was working by the owner, then even what whatever it drops, and it doesn't make a difference what the case is, belongs to the owner. And the Gemara starts, One is allowed to buy pieces of wool from the launderer because they belong to him. The launderer can take the two uh, strings on top of the clothing and it belongs to him. He's not allowed to put more than three stitches per loop. That's going to overstretch the, the cloth. He's not allowed to comb the, the cloth going up to down, rather only sideways. And when he evens out the, the article of clothing, you can only uh, even it out uh, by the length, not by the width. And if he wants to even it out, meaning he wants to cut a piece of the length, he's allowed to cut a tefah, but not more than that. And Amar more, we learned in the Braitah that the launderer is allowed to take two uh, strings from the top 
Vehanantanan shalosh. Didn't we learn three? So the Gemara explains lakasha ha'ba'alime vehabiktene. It depends if they're thick or thin. If they're thick, you're allowed to take two. If they're thin, you're allowed to take three. Veloi yisroka beged leshitio elo la'arvo. You could only comb the uh, the clothing uh, going uh, sideways, not up down. Vehatanya ibchab. But then we learn the opposite that you're allowed to comb it only up to down, not sideways. So the Gemara explains lakasha ha'biglima vehabisarbe. It all depends. If it's a glima that you wear every single day, then don't do it uh, up to down. It'll rip faster. Do it uh, sideways. And the sarbela is something that is hashuv that you wear once in a while. If you uh, if you do it uh, up to down, it will look nicer, and you don't have to worry about it ripping because the person doesn't wear it very often. Next, we learned in the Braita, Veloya til boyoter mishlosha hovin shunpa more than three stitches per loop. Rabbi Rami had a question. Amtuye ve'atuye had odilma amtuye ve'atuye tere. Rabbi Rami asked, when you put the stitch in and out, does that count as two or does that count as one? And the Gemara says, Tiko, we're not sure. Then we learned in the Brayta, Omashveu le'orokoa v'lo le'rochbo. If you're coming to even out by taking away from the cloth, you only do it from the length, not by the width. But then we learned the opposite, that you take away from the width, not the length. And the Gemara answers, Lakasha ha biglima ha yone. It depends. If it's a regular cloak, or if it's too long, it would be uh, noticeable. So you're allowed to cut from there. But when we said you're allowed to cut from the width, that's talking about like a belt. So if the belt is too long, okay, you're allowed to cut it a little bit from the width. Tanura banan en lokhin minasore kumuchin. One is not allowed to buy from the uh, the comer. You're not allowed to buy any pieces of wool from him. Mipneshe enoshelo. It's probably not his. Obe makom shinagul diyotshelo. In a place where the custom uh, that the, those pieces of wool belong to him, lokhin you're allowed to buy from him. Obchol makom lokhin mehen kar male mochin. In every place doesn't make a difference on the minhag. You're allowed to buy from them a pillow or something to sit on. Vecheset mila mochin. You're allowed to buy from them pillows. And things like that that are full uh, that are full of wool. My what's the reason? Because even if he stole it, he still acquired it with the shinoi. Once he put it part of the pillow, once he put it part of the cushion, that's it. He acquired it. Tanura banan migardi. One is not allowed to buy from the weaver. Lo irin, not wads of wool which are used to hold the bobbin in place to a shuttle. Velo nirin, not heddles, velo punkalin, nor threads of the bobbin, velo shiurepakiyot, and not remnants of the thread that was left on the spool. All these things belong to the owner, not to the weaver. But we do buy from them. An actual article of clothing, even if it's made of different uh, types of uh, cloth, even if you see different wool, meaning even if he stole it, he acquired it uh, with uh, with a chain. There was a shinui over here. And you're allowed to buy from them warp and weft threads. Those are the thick and thinner ones. Whether they're spun into thread or they're woven, uh, all these things, were, if they're purchased from the the weaver, they're considered as if there was a change over here, and therefore the weaver acquired it. 
Amran, the Gemara has a question. Hashtat tavui shakle. If it's spun, they could take it. Arug mibaya. If it's woven, of course, you don't even have to bring up that question. You don't even have to bring up that halacha. If spun, which is less work, you acquire it. Woven, which is more work, all the more so he should have acquired it. So the Gemara explains. My arig tiche. When we say arig, when we say woven, what do we mean? We mean where they they twisted it into chains, where they just did a small change, but it's still considered an action that is considered a change, where he's, he acquires it v'shinoi. Tanu Rabbanan, enlok one is not allowed to purchase from a dyer, lo otot, not pieces of clothing that are tests, meaning a person brings the dyer a piece of clothing, see, and he wants he cuts off a piece to see, if the dye can catch onto that clothing, not examples, meaning uh, pieces of wool uh, with, the, with the color of the dye that he has, and not the pieces of uh, wool that have been detached. All these might have been stolen. But you are allowed to buy from them an article of clothing that is colored. You're allowed to buy from them spun threads that are colored, begadim, and clothing. But the Gemara asks, If you're allowed to buy spun threads, clothing, is should that even be a question? Of course you're allowed to buy clothing. It's more, more work for the clothing. So the Gemara explains, When we say begadim, what does that mean? Namte felt things that are put together, they're not spun or sewn or anything. And the hidush is that they're also considered a change. Tanura banan hanoten orot le abedan. If someone gave uh, hides, leather to a tanner to fix it, hakitsuin va telushin hare elushel baalabait. All the trimmings and the detached pieces and hairs. They belong to the owner. But what comes up after it's being washed in water belongs to the tanner. Next, we learned in the Mishnah if the if the strings that were left off were black and on top of white clothing, then the the launderer can take it. They belong to him. And Amara Bihuda Katsra Sheme Bikatsra Shakile. Rav Yehuda says that a launderer is called Katsra in Aramaic, and he takes those uh, short uh, strings. And Amar Yehuda, hakola olin leminyan techelet. If the launderer did not take those three strings, they are con- those three strings are considered part of the of the clo- the garment, and therefore, if it's a shirt that needs tzitzit, you're supposed to put the tzitzit. A distance of one finger knot, meaning let's say for your thumb from wherever the nail starts until the, the first joint, that's how far away you're supposed to go from the corner to where you're supposed to tzitzit. So we count those three strings as part of the bag. So if they're a little bit out, then we, we start from where those three, sting, those three uh, strings are. When my son Yitzhak was very particular about them, he made sure to take them off because he because he wasn't sure if they're part of the, the clothing, they're not part of the clothing, so he would just cut them off so this way there would be no safek. That's the way that Ashir Nashba explained it, that Avad explained that he didn't take off those three strings, just he was very careful to be close to the corner, including those three strings. Next, we saw in the Mishnah, Hayat Sheshiyer, Minahot, Etahot, 
if a tailor left uh, some thread attached to the clothing that he was supposed to sew with, uh, it, that belongs to the customer. And how much thread is necessary in order to be able to sew? So a needle length outside of the needle, meaning whatever is in the needle plus a needle length. So when has a question, when we say a needle length, is it outside the needle also the length of a needle? Or do we say the uh, needle length and outside the needle just a little bit? So the Gemara answers, Tashem. If a tailor left thread that is less than the amount necessary to, to sew with, or a patch of a, cloth, of, of a garment less than three by three finger breadths, if the owner actually cares about them, he wants them, they belong to the Baalabait. And Baalabait Makbid Alem, if the owner doesn't really care about them, then they belong to the tailor. Now, Okay, if you said the needle length plus outside the needle, another needle length, then Pahot Mikan Hazel Siketa. Now I understand the Braita because less than that, okay, you can at least use for something. You could use it to a stitch, uh, you could put it into a loop or something. But if you're saying it has to be a needle length and outside the needle just a little bit, well then then less than a little bit, uh, what are you going to use it for? I rather you have to understand. Rather you have to say that we're talking about a needle length and outside the needle also another needle length. Next, we learned the Mishnah Masha Harash. We said whatever the carpenter removes with an adz, A-D-Z-E, belongs to him. Whatever with an axe belongs to the customer. Or mean he, but the problem is we have a bright tie. It says, Mashiach harash Whatever the carpenter removes with an adz, v'hanifsak b'mgera, and whatever is severed, whatever is cut off with a saw, hara elu shel ba'alabayt, that belongs to the owner, v'hayotzei mitahat makdeah, and whatever comes out from a drill, umitahat rahitani, or from uh, or from a plane, that's like some sort of tool used for smoothing. Vehanigarar b'mgera, and whatever is uh, scraped by the saw, meaning the saw, that's hare elushelo that belongs to the woodworker, the carpenter. Now, bottom line is, in regards to the ma'atzad, our Mishnah said that it belongs to the carpenter over here. It says it belongs to the owner. So, which one is it? So in the place or the Tanav Ar Mishnah, there are two kinds of blades that are used by carpenters. The larger one is called an axe, the smaller one is called an adz. In the Tanav, the Braitha, there's only one carpenter's blade, and they call it an adz. That's the flat one, not the axe. 
So really, the in the Braita, since we're talking about large pieces, then yes, they belong to the owner, and that makes sense with our Mishnah. Next, our Mishnah said, Now, if the carpenter was working by the owner, his house, then everything goes to the owner. Tan Rabbanan, Mesatete Avanim. Stone chiselers and by mishum gazel anything that they, they take from them all the leftover stone it's not considered robbery. Mefasege ilanot those who prune trees. Mefasege gefanim those who prune vines. Menakefe hige those who trim shrubs. Menakeshe zeraim those who weed plants. Veodre yerakot and those who uh, hoe vegetables. Bizman When the owner is particular, particular in keeping them, then If anyone takes them, including the the gardener, it's considered stealing. And If the owner doesn't care about them, then okay, you can keep it. Not a big deal. And I'm Yehuda. Keshut vehaziz. Keshut is daughter food uh, that grows on thorns. Vehaziz, green grain, uh, wheat, and barley that hasn't been ripened yet. All these things you give to animals. And be mishum gezel. If you take them and they're not considered stone because they're not uh, food. Batra de kapte. But in the place where people care about them, they specifically they want to keep them. Yesh be mishum gezel. Then it is uh, stealing. Amar vina umata mahsia. The city umata mahsia. Atra de kapte. It's a place where they they're specific about it. They want to keep. It. They have animals. They want to feed them. So. So anyone who takes it, it's considered stealing. Hadan alacha gozel batraus dikala masechet baba kama mabruk mazaltov. You hear that song that Akash Baruch Hu takes care of us, that we don't damage anyone else, and no damage gets caused to us. And our panasha should be bechavod velo bezui beheter velo beisur and benachat velo betzar. Baruch Hashem leolam amen veamen.